From KLA and Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues, along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst. I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. You can learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, uh, we've got an interesting deep dive in our second segment. We're going to talk a little bit about junior achievement, but right now, Leba welcomes some new members. Yeah, it's always exciting every month when we have our luncheon. We had a nice luncheon earlier this week on Tuesday. Uh, we had some legislative candidates who came, uh, talked about different things that they envisioned if they're elected to the legislature. So it's a good way to get our members engaged and be able to see those people that want to represent us. But the fun part for me is to always welcome our new members and this month, we had uh, about six new members. We had the Wedding Barn, Sylvan Learning Center, Realty Works, Scott Gaines, Earth and Home, and then also the Capital Cigar Lounge. So uh, always good to have a, a nice number of new members to welcome to Liba. We appreciate them joining us and uh, hopefully getting them out and getting them more involved with our organization. You mentioned the Liba Lunch and the legislators, uh, some that are in the office, some that are running for office. Uh, it was interesting uh, to hear what they had to say, but was also interesting was you had three, but I think you actually invited, what, six or eight that covered the area. But it was interesting to sh- see who showed up and why the others didn't. Yeah, I I was, uh, you know, we started working on this probably about six or eight weeks ago. Uh, we like to give candidates an opportunity to have plenty of time to uh to get it on their calendars because we, we feel it's important. Um, and, and so we want to give that. And we, we invited all the candidates didn't just invite certain ones. Um, but three of the districts that are up this year, uh, district 28, which is kind of an interesting district that kind of swings from about O street to a little South of a street from about 84th street, all the way to like 10th street or pretty close to that district 28. Uh, Roy Christensen was there. Uh, the district that represents and that's the district that Patty Panzing Brooks had. Correct. correct. So Pan- uh, Senator Panzing Brooks is term limited, um, and so Roy came. His opponent didn't. Uh, in District Twenty Six, which is Northeast Lincoln, uh, Russ Barger is running for that seat. That's an open seat because uh, Senator Matt Hansen is term limited. Uh, Russ came. His opponent didn't. And then in District Two. Uh, Senator Rob Clements is up for re-election this year. Uh, he was appointed by Governor Ricketts and then elected. Now he's back on the ballot again. And uh, uh, so Senator Clements came and his opponent didn't. And so I might have mentioned to the uh, folks attending the lunch that I think it's important to look and see who's willing to show up and have a conversation because all of those candidates were invited and half of them showed up and half of them didn't. Interesting that Senator Clements was there because because of redistricting, he actually is now a representing part of Lancaster County that was not in his previous elections. So. Yeah, so he's he lives in Cass County. He's a, his family has a banking business out there. They're in the banking industry, and he, you know, he now has I think it's east of eighty fourth and north of Van Dorn Street, maybe um, all the way to the county line. So he's got some of those areas. So. Um, I, I, it was good that Senator Clements 
uh, was there, number one. And I also want to give a shout-out to Senator Clements. Just since that redistricting map came out, Senator Clements has really engaged with Leba. He's become a Leba member. He wanted, you know, he wants to get to know the business community in Lincoln and, and really engage that new constituency that he's going to serve. And so I, I, I appreciate that because it'd be easy just to kind of stick to stick to the 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 home turf, so to speak. But we're glad he's part of it, and we appreciate him coming. And another Libra member uh, was honored recently uh, by the at the Inspiring Women uh, event, and a Libra member. Uh, both of ours good friends, the Lancaster County engineer. we got to have a shout-out for Pam Dingman. Well, yeah. You know, we talk about Engineer Dingman a lot and the things that she's tried to do. Um, you know, she was she was really an advocate for the South Beltway. Uh, if one, there's one thing you know about Pam uh, Dingman, she's very passionate about roads and bridges. And she, despite what, <laughs> what everybody thinks... Uh, she hates closing those bridges, and she really is passionate about making sure that our infrastructure is strong in Lancaster County. And And I think it's very fitting that she she's recognized for her service to our county, to our community. Uh, just really appreciate her and all of the things that she does for Lancaster County. And, you know, uh, a lot of people wouldn't even know this, but Engineer Dingman... Next month is hosting a small roundtable and bringing people together to start the conversation about the East Beltway, you know. And so those are the kinds of things that Pam does on a regular basis. You know, it's behind the scenes. She doesn't do it for the glory. There's not a lot of glory in roads and bridges, right? Uh, but oh, I don't know. She can. There's probably, a lot of pain when those things aren't working. And, and but she can probably tell you more about box culverts and how to install them and take care of them than anybody else in exactly. the county. Exactly. She's she's very knowledgeable and very passionate, and you know that that's something that that you love to see in an elected official is somebody that's passionate about the work that they do. She came from the private sector to be the county engineer, and we, I just can't say enough good things about Pam. She's a good friend. She's a good friend of Leba, and for her to receive that award, I think, is uh, recognition that's well-deserved and uh, a long time coming. Always interesting uh, when you get to talk to Pam, and I've, we've interviewed her uh, from a news perspective, and you know they deal with stuff every single day that's you've you got to get right on it. But also, you know, the middle of this summer, I talked to her about winter preparations. I mean, that that's a, you know, that's a mindset that takes a different, it just takes a different mindset to do that kind of job and to plan that far in advance. It really does. You know, I mean, in the, in the summer, she's ordering sand and salt and brine and getting all those things figured Snow out. Snow plows and yeah. repairs. And- I, I see Pam on the 4th of July and she's like, how you doing, Pam? And she's like, well, we were ordering... You know, salt and sand and getting that stuff ready, and here's what we're trying to do. And I'm like, I'm thinking it's 100 degrees. <laughs> oh, do we really need to be thinking about that? But that's that's one of the things, again, about Pam Dingman is she's got this well-oiled machine out at County Engineering. She's got a great team out there, and they just keep the wheel rolling. You know, we would all notice if our roads don't have salt or sand on them if they don't get cleared, if the snow plows aren't ready. But, you know, they're thinking about that two, three months ahead. They're making sure they've got the supplies that they need. And and those are the kind of things why Pam deserves this award is because the things she does, just to make sure that we don't see 
a disruption in service, so to speak. And that was the award for uh, women in government. Yes. So, so it's one of the, I believe, nine categories. That yeah. Had, so. I, I appreciate Pam, and I know Pam's a listener to the podcast. So, Pam, we appreciate you, and thank you for all that you do for Lancaster County. Keep up the great work. Another area that, uh, you know, we've talked about the inflation and cost of doing business and all of that. And it looks like uh, another uh, one of our staples, one of the, the needs that we all and one of the utilities that we all use, electricity. It looks like uh, LES is going to have a, a rate increase. Uh, let's go into that just a little bit because um, they're voting on it. I believe it's the early part of October, and then it goes to the city. So kind of give us uh, that 20,000-foot, 30,000-foot view of what LES is proposing. See, Mark, you found a way to bring numbers and budgets and stuff back <laughs> and, into the, the you, podcast, and you're, you're just trying to feed my feed well, my little fire over here. So, But, but you get such a glow, and <laughs> <laughs> your eyes light up when we talk budgets and rates. And Well, and so uh, LES has come out, and their board uh, is looking to raise their rates at a 4.8% in 2023. Um, and you know, there's a lot of different reasoning behind it. There's a, you know, increase in power and transmission costs, which they're talking about. And, you know, just to give an example, a residential customer using about a thousand kilowatt hours per month is going to see a $5 increase on their bill. Um, and then other rate classes will see, you know, that's 4.8% on the residential. Other rate classes are going to see 3.9% to 6.1% increase based on their classification and all those types of things. So, you know, we talked about, we've talked in here about grocery costs are going up. We talked about, uh, you know, gas prices. We've talked about retail prices. We've talked about all those things that have impacted the citizens of Lincoln. And... Here we go. We're getting another increase. Okay, five bucks a month. On top of the five bucks, now we got to pay the the sales taxes on it and that dividend that I've pontificated on about on this show several times. And and I think the trickle down effect of what's happening is so you see that our home rates are going to go up, right? Well, all those places, gas stations, retail stores, the grocery store, the pharmacies, all those stores, well, guess what? They're going to be going up, you know, basically 4 to 6% on their rates. And so now, does that mean grocery prices are going to go up even more because they've got to accommodate for the increase in not only property valuations, but now utility costs? So I think there's a trickle-down effect when we see these different things. And I think, you know, people go, oh, okay, my electric bill is going to go up 5 bucks a month. Well, it's probably going to go up about five and a half because you'd add in the taxes and the dividend. But then where else are we going to see prices go up because of the impact that it has across the community? So uh, it's important for our listeners to be engaged and understand what that looks like. Um, they're going to host a public meeting on the budget and the rates on October 4th uh, at the LES uh, operations center over about 95th and Rokeby road. That'll be again, October 4th from six to seven thirty PM. Um, they're going to come and talk about it. Now on October 6th, we actually have our LEBA 
government affairs meeting where LES is going to come and talk about their budget. So, um, you know, these are ways that we're just trying to engage our members so that they can hear from these entities, you know, encourage people to get out there and to show up and talk about this. You know, I, I've said on the the show before, decisions are made by those who show up. And when we test, when Liba testified on the county budget, there was one person that showed up to testify. It was me. It was on behalf of Liba and on behalf of Liba members. You know, the city council had about 35 or 40 people show up. Next week is the L- LPS budget hearing on Monday, and then they're going to vote on the budget on Tuesday. It's important for people to show up for these things because these are the we're the we're the stakeholders here. We're we're the ones that are paying the rates. We're the rate payers for LES. We're the we're the stockholders in city government, county government, school government. So it's important for our people to show up. Um, and this rate would affect if they, if this gets approved by their administrative board, uh, the budget and rate increases then go to the council for a public hearing in November. And then if approved by the council, uh, it'll take effect January 1. Again, stand up, show up, make sure you, you, you comment on these things. Well, and, and remember, too, and I'm, you know, the, the one thing that I, the, the cost of doing business and, and LAS, if you will, although they're a utility, they, they have the business aspects of running that utility. And when the cost of fuel goes up, their costs go up to run their trucks around, uh, if if they're using any type of coal-fired uh, sourcing of electricity, cost of the fuel to deliver that coal, the cost of the coal all goes up, and so there are there are factors that we have to remember. And this inflation situation that we've talked about so many times is really kind of a oh I don't know exactly how to say this, but it's kind of a behind-the-scenes insidious thing that we don't often think of. Yeah, exact. You're exactly right. And it's just this wheel that just keeps turning, right? You know, gas prices go up and it affects us and then our rates go up and it affects us. But the gas prices affect LES and they affect, you know, LPS with the school buses, just all these different things like like this wheel is kind of spinning out of out of control a little bit. So absolutely. It's it's something for people to pay attention to. Okay, you can check out those uh, public hearings again. uh, The one that for LES, and they'll be at LIBA then a couple of days later, and then it goes to city council. So you've got a couple of opportunities on this electric rate increase to uh, be heard and be seen. So Absolutely. Decisions are made by those who show up, so let's get everybody to show up. I'm going to go deep next into a very good organization, uh, not just in Lincoln, but across the country, and uh, I think across the world, aren't they? Absolutely. So we're going to talk about junior achievement. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Well, Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. Whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure and free to use, and it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency. Pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. An organization that uh, has a great history in the country, uh, here in Lincoln, is Junior Achievement. Bud, you've had quite uh, a, a bit of uh, personal experience and personal interaction with Junior Achievement, what they do, why they do it, but also how business can get involved and help and support and actually benefit. Well, I've become really passionate about Junior Achievement. Um, a friend of mine encouraged me to to get involved and, and as a, as a, as the CEO of LIBA, you know, get out there, help these kids, the curriculums put together. And I think as business owners, it's a great way for us to get out in the community and help these young people start to think about entrepreneurship and how things work in the community. And, you know, to help these young people, you know, we've talked a lot on here about the career Academy and the great investment that our business owners can make in getting to know the students at the Career Academy, participating in our career fair. And to me, I think Junior Achievement is kind of the next level of what we can do because they, I mean, I'm in classrooms starting at kindergarten. Now think about talking about money and the community and being involved and entrepreneurship in kindergarten. And carrying that all the way through into eighth grade. So, I mean, those are all the grades that I'm involved with in different ways, shape, or form. And and it's just an awesome opportunity to get kids thinking about those things. And I I, I love the organization. I, I'm excited that I've gotten to do it and be a part of it. And one thing about me, if I jump in, I usually jump in with both feet all the way up to my nose. <laughs> and and that's what I've done with Junior Achievement because I just think it's so good to get out and work with those kids and have a conversation about, you know, one in one of the grades, I think it might be third grade, we talk about, you know, how we spend our money and we buy, you know, needs and wants. And we talk about giving back to the community. So we talk about volunteering and giving money and helping other people and, you know, start to think about donating clothes or use toys or different things. And, and it's awesome to hear the way these young people think and, you know, to be, you know, and, and to me, it's, it's walking the talk. You know, we go in in third grade and we talk about giving back to the community. Well, here I am. I'm giving my time back to these kids. So they see uh, someone in the business area doing that. And to talk to the kids, like, what are some different ways that we can give back to the community? And they start thinking about, oh, well, you know, we donated a bunch of clothes at our house to, you know, one of the local charities, whether it's Goodwill or the People City Mission or whatever, and, and and it's good to get them thinking about those kind of things because I think they they see it happening, but this just kind of reinforces some of the things that they do. Sounds a little bit like workforce development at the very elementary level. It, it, that's exactly the way it is. And, you know, 
without saying. Yeah. You know, without you know we talk angry. about one of the things that it's it's been fun for me to see how. So this year I'm going to be in grades kindergarten through fifth grade. I'm going to be in every one of those grades. And it's it's fun for me to see like how these kids think. So the first year I was in JA and out there working with kids, we were talking about types of money, you know, because there's checks, there's debit cards, there's cash, all these types of things. And I'm like, are there any, you know, and I'm asking the kids like, what are the forms of money? Okay, cash. Okay, credit cards, you know. And all of a sudden, PayPal and Venmo. You know, those are things that you and I wouldn't have, you know, when we were in elementary school, never would have, you know. Back then, it was cash, checks, and credit cards. There weren't even debit cards back uh, then. Back uh, before that, it was cash and check when I was <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> you know, so, but but to think about that, and, and I love to hear, you know, one of the in one of the grades, maybe it was in fourth grade, I don't remember, all these grades kind of run together for me. But, like, we have the kids get in small groups, and they each have roles to play. So one of them's the manager, and one of them's the baker, and one of them's the marketing person, and one of them's the accounting person. And we have money, and they get money, and like, okay, you sold some donuts. All right, now you got to pay your rent. Everybody bring me money, you know. And so the kids can start to see that, but then the kids get to make up, like, what's your restaurant going to be, Okay. Or a food truck. You know, you guys are going to start a food truck. What kind of things are you going to serve? Let's draw up a little logo. Let's see what... And the creativeness that can help come from these kids. And, like, the ideas they have for food. And I'm like, man, these kids are like 8, 10 years old. They've got a great mind behind them. But we're also there feeding that mind. And it's so magnificent to be able to feed that mind to these young kids. Is it ever come a, around to the point where the, the creativeness and the perceptions of, of how things are going to happen uh, run into reality? Uh, you know, if you're going to uh, start a food truck, don't forget you've got to buy or lease a truck. Well, they actually kind of have that part of it, but, like, they have to set prices. Right. And they That's... have to decide, like, if we're going to have a pulled pork sandwich, how much are we going to charge for that sandwich? And, you know, what are we going to serve with it? And so... There's some good reality that comes in, but then it's also kind of fun because, you know, they give us this JA play money, so to speak, and each each group gets a, a set of money that they start with, and then it's like, okay, you know, you guys have earned some money, but also, hey, we got to pay rent, right? That building's not free, or we got to pay our truck payment, or you know, whatever it might be. Do you bring up got to pay taxes? <laughs> we do actually. We started talking about taxes. I think it's it's in the fourth or fifth grade. Uh, we start talking about taxes, but you know, and last year, um, the the junior high kids, they're sixth, seventh, and eighth graders at the school. They they had a couple of different teams, and one team was selling T-shirts, and so they had to go out and they had to get bids on how much the T-shirts were going to cost. They had to get design. They took pre-orders. They had to deliver orders. They had to. They had to do all those types of things so that they were able to run their business. And then um, the other one, they did uh, they did kind of like uh, bake sale every day after school. They were selling treats at lunch and, you know, different things like that. And so 
it really gets the kids a good way to understand, like, these are the materials that we're going to need. And this is the cost. And, you know, okay, if we, you know, if we use this much supplies and we make this many baked goods, what's our cost per unit? Now, what do we charge? You know, if it costs us 25 cents to make a cookie, what are we going to charge for the cookie? Are we going to charge 30 cents? Are we going to charge 50 cents? You know, what, what do those kind of things look like? So it's it's really a great way for these kids to learn, like, entrepreneurship, but also money management. And, you know, that money management doesn't just carry over into – it carries over into personal life as they think about, okay, I get an allowance. How do I do this? Those kind of things. Um, so there's just a lot of ways that JA is helping us. And what better way for a business owner to help gener- I mean, help the next generation of entrepreneurs? You know, I don't know. I mean, I've been working with some of these kids for two, three, four years now. You never know in 10 years what those kids might be doing. Those kids might have a food truck here in Lincoln, or they might be starting a small business or, you know, employing people, any of those kind of things. So there's so many fun projects that we do in JA it's just so good for us as business owners to give back. How do businesses and the business owners get involved? What's the process? You can call the JA office in Lincoln, tell them you want to volunteer. Here's the cool thing about JA. So I'm getting ready to start with second graders here in a couple of weeks. They give me a, I'll call it a briefcase type bag. It's got all the handouts. It's got all the instructions. It's got all the information that I need for my, you know, there's a, there's a quote unquote teacher's book, so to speak. This is what you're going to do during lesson one. Here are the supplies you need for lesson one. And it's all right there. So it's not like I have to go out and plan curriculum. I spend probably an hour, uh, a lesson just preparing ahead of time. I read through things and I try to bring real world stories to them. You know, working at Liba and getting to know so many business owners, having stories that apply to these like local businesses, like I can go in and I can say, you know, I was talking to the owner of, you know, this Harbor coffee shop the other day. And here's the things he was talking about on his business. And they can see how that ties. Well, this is it sounds like it's it's real life, realistic mentoring on a on a classroom level scale. It is. And it's, you know, the lessons are about 30 to 40 minutes and you go with each class, you do, I think it's five lessons. So, I mean, your total time investments about three hours at the end, you know, when you look at the time you're in the classroom, but that investment of three hours in those kids, if we can inspire those kids to who knows, maybe they start a mowing business when they get in junior high, or maybe they start a yard cleanup or Maybe they come up with some product that they're going to start selling when they're, you know, in fifth and sixth grade. All of a sudden, you develop these entrepreneurs. What's interesting is you you talked about the creativity and and all of the tools that students now have that, uh, you know, make these. They're able to take a creative idea and bring it to a next level through, you know, computer technology. And, I mean, everybody's or the artistic uh, side of of some uh, people but they're able to put it into a form that may actually move them ahead faster by the fact that they've actually talked with somebody 
been given an idea, but then get out of the way and, you know, yeah. you know start the engine and then get get going. Yeah, I love it because, you know, uh, working with that group of junior high kids last year and their ideas and how they could, you know, how they could come up with a product that they could sell. And, you know, they go through a process, you know, and it's six or seven kids. They have to make decisions together. They have to think about what the costs are. They have to decide. You know, they have three or four ideas. Now they've got to whittle it down to one because you can't do all four. You know, it's a short time period. And then, okay, how are you guys going to market this? How are you going to How are you going to promote this? What are you going to do to make sure that you have it? And then, I, I think there's uh, there's a cash reward that goes to the team that wins, and they have to do like a pitch night. So they have to sit in front of people, and they have to do their pitch, and they have to say, this is what it was, here's the numbers, all of those kind of things. It's it's kind of like Shark Tank, but a little different than Shark Tank. But there's a winner, and the winning team gets so much money to split. Is this all uh, primarily product-oriented, develop a product, or uh, could it be a service-type uh, business that they might look at? In the junior high kids, they've usually generally done products, um, I don't know if they can do service or not, but the ones that I worked with did products. So, well, and, and services. And let's face it; it's yeah. uh, secondary to, to yeah. some products, but you, you know, you got the follow up and, and all of that. So, well, junior achievement. I uh, I've learned more about junior achievement, and I've known about it for probably thirty, forty years, but I did not realize the intensity and the the depth that you go into in the classroom. I just think it's a great investment in the future. And we've talked, again, I go back to we talk about the Career Academy and being able to go out and find workforce and investing in the Career Academy to make sure that we're helping create that next generation. Like, this is the next step, and JA is a great way to do it. Obviously, you can probably tell I'm a little passionate about junior achievement and getting involved, but it's a great way for us as business owners to give, I mean, give back three hours to the community and never know where it goes. I'll bet you really love talking budgets and <laughs> an analysis and financial. Well, you know, I get to hand out money and talk about money and talk about, yeah, now you got to pay the bill and all those kind of things. So, And it's fun for me because I see those kids outside of the school. And those kids, I'll run into them at church. And I'll have a kid tugging on my back of my T-shirt at the end of church and, you know, grabbing me and saying hi or giving me high fives and 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 those are just little things I think they're rewarding for me. You know, at least the kid remembers me. They see me, they don't go running the other way, right? But but what we can do to mentor those kids, you never know, you know, you know, you never know who's watching. You know, I heard a lot of sports analogies where coaches will say, you know, practice like, you know, you never know who's watching or play the game like it might be the only time somebody ever sees you play. But this is a great way to just give back to those youth and invest in the future of our community. A little bit of a quick look at what topics we may be discussing in the next week or two. We could have an active casino in Lancaster County by the time we gather again. Well, an active casino, and then down the road, the regents are going to be talking about having uh, beer and alcohol sales at the at the Pinnacle Bank Arena for basketball season. So there's a lot of different things happening. The the city council's setting the tax rate next week and all kinds of uh, different budget things coming up. So plenty for us to talk about. It'll keep me busy anyway. 
We'll uh, do it again. And in the meantime, I want to remind you that this has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with Leba President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale, reminding you the Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by currency. Learn more at gocurrency.com.